Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. I'm not sure if it's recording here, but it's probably recording now. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I am Lee. With me is Todd. We are here to talk Seahawks football. Uh, hello, thank you for listening, 12thmanrising.com. Todd, how are you? I am well, sir. How I, are you? I am also come see, come saw uh, for your people in Quebec. Um, anywho, go Seahawks. That's our show. No, so uh, anyway. Um <laughs> It's been three weeks since we've done this show. Absolutely nothing has happened in that time. No, no. Um, Todd, Todd decided to, I guess I can say this, right? Decided to. Maybe. Maybe. I think it's official. I, I saw it on Zoom. Well, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's on Zoom and I'm wearing, like, things. Todd decided to, I almost made a joke there. Uh, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Todd got married. Go then I was I was ill last week, uh, and then Todd got ill, and so here we are three weeks later. The Seahawks in that time have gone two and one. I don't think we've talked about it some, talked about them since they lost three weeks ago, right, to the Bengals. I don't think we discussed yeah. that. And then they've won two weeks in a row against you know backup quarterbacks. Um, the Cardinals are, bleh, but um, and then they've traded their quarterback. Oh, if we're losing to the Seahawks, we might as well trade this guy. And then the Cleveland came into town. They had scored 39 points against a decent Colts team the week before, uh, 32 offensively. Uh, they returned a, or they recovered a fumble in the, in the end zone against the Colts, uh, made it 39. They won 39 to 38. Um, and then the Seahawks beat the Browns, even though the Browns got almost 400 total yards. To me, I didn't really have an issue with the amount of yards that right. the Browns got because they – I've heard uh, Cleveland radio the day after the show. Oh, we should fire Stefanski. I was like, well, I don't, he's working with a backup quarterback. I really don't know what you want him to do. You have a good defense. You're in position to win. You're, you're five and two entering the week without Deshaun Watson, who hasn't been very good. But I thought the, the plays, the reason they scored were the plays he designed, right? The offensive coordinator designed it, but he's really running the offense. But those screen passes, the passes in the flat, I mean, those were all designed. They weren't PJ Mm -hmm. Walker making great plays. No, they were not. Um, But so just bypassing really the Bengals game, which looks a lot more impressive now that Burrow went 28 for 32 against the 49ers. And the Cardinals who were just, you know, they fight, but they're, they're not good. Right. What are your what are your uh, impressions from the Browns win in well, week eight? Very briefly, I do want to mention the Bengals game. Is like it's really ah, no, I said really damn it, I said we couldn't. Really, we're gonna start arguing like that. If you're gonna check a snippet, find it online. These two Browns radio hosts really are literally arguing. Oh, so okay, I, I see what you know. That's cool. That's cool. That's how you get ratings, by the way. You skip Bayless kind of stuff. You argue with. Oh people. yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's just uh, let's see each other mindlessly. Let's see. let's see. Let's see. Do you want to be Skip, and then I can be Colin, or you want to? I'm always I, Skip. I can never. Tell That's what I'm asked to be. Hey, can you be Skip this time? It's like has a weird fetish. But I can. Okay. I can. <laughs> I can never tell who's who's the more horrible of the two. Um. Yeah. As far as the Browns game, 
I, I agree. It's like they gave up a lot of yards. It's like they gave up a lot of rushing yards, but the Browns ran 40 times to get it. You know, and they still, yeah, still average 33.9 yards carry. Right, point. exactly. Less than four yards a carry. That's more than what the Seahawks have given up on average. But still, you know, as occasionally both of us have written scoreboard. It's like, does it really matter in the end how many yards they got? It's like, what matters is the score. So, and so you can say, I, well, I, sorry to interrupt you here. This is what, so I, I write the recaps, no, talkmanrising.com, no, because it's just, sorry. not, well, I am the star of my universe. That's what my mom tells me to say. So um, I write the recaps at twelfthmanrising.com simply because not because they're better written, because they're actually yes. probably worse written than most every other writer we have at twelfthmanrising.com, but because I can get it out quickly. I, for the first time in a long time, when the Browns, so the Browns outscored the Seahawks 20 to 3 after the Seahawks had a, an early lead, right? Right. And it was just trending until Jamal Adams decided to go soccer. Um, It was trending towards the Seahawks losing one of the games. You just don't want them. I get it's a backup quarterback. The Browns have a fantastic defense. So there was no embarrassment. If they lost to the Cardinals, that would have been bad. Exactly. But it was just frustrating because they had the lead and they were playing so well. And then for two and a half quarters, the offense just tanked. I mean, Geno Smith was awful shane waldron decided to get away from the running game that was where it just didn't make any it sense made no sense right so i had headed to i still had the tv near me and uh, the big tv that we have but i'd headed toward the desk that i have to write stuff and i sat in that chair and i was like i'm not going to write anything yet because i learned my lesson doing a lob and smash stuff as soon as i start writing oh this player is going to oh nope it turns around and they end up winning the match right but i i sat here and i was like i'm ready to start writing this after the Browns. So I was, for the right. first time in a long time, I was actually like, okay, they're going to lose. So I moved my chair, which means I have to sit in this chair forever now, right? Be- and watch them play because they'll always win. Um, but I moved to my chair and just, and when they, they came back and won, but it was just for the longest time, it was that, that thing that you had put on Facebook. I think I had tweeted it out in years past, but just the, oh, the Seahawks are playing. Oh, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, we won. That was yeah. exactly how that game went. It was just a like, it was them. classic Carol. <laughs> a game. lot of them go, but it's like, that yeah. was classic. Yeah, That was sure. the, like, the epitome of it. That little it just... window. Well, how, how long did that last time, that last drive take? Like a minute 16 or something? That was how long <laughs> that last bit of ecstasy lasts. And of course, then it keeps on going because, yay, they won. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. just so strange, though, because it was like, okay, the defense, they still only gave up so many points in the second half. They, right. They've given up nine points in the last four games. Is that right? That sounds ridiculous. Three games? Three second halves. Anyway. Yeah. So they have, and the, the, the joy to that is, as opposed to when Ken Norton was the D.C. and then went into halftime and didn't make any adjustments, whatever right. Clinton Hurd is doing in the, at halftime. They're adjusting. So maybe they yeah. gave up some yards. They didn't give up points. And, of course, points is what gets you beat. So it's fine, right? Yep. But when they came, when they when they had that, I'm trying to flesh this out. So what happened was when, they, when, the, when the Browns got the ball, they had the lead. Then Jamal Adams jumps up. He intentionally put his helmet in the way of the ball. I mean, no matter who argues, you can watch the video, and he clearly can't get his hands up for whatever reason. 
he moves his head, so he's hoping to aim for the ball. It knocks off, and Julian Love, uh, Julian Lennon, actually, of people, um, gets the interception. Um, hey, Jude. So, um, and he was one of about three Seahawks who could have made the interception. There <laughs> exactly. Were, there well, were a crowd as, there. Yeah, as Woolen said, that ball hung out in the air forever. It was like yeah. it felt like it was minutes. Um, and then the Seahawks get the ball and they drive straight. They had one, they had a negative play, right? One negative play on the penalty, yeah. and then they drive straight down, just like the Lions overtime game. Yeah. Um, they drive straight down the field and score a touchdown, and they make it look easy. And the frustrating thing is. They they can do that. Mm-hmm. They do that in the biggest moments, and that's what, as a Seahawks fan, over especially since 2010, that's what endears you to the team. But also is like, oh my god, I can't watch these games anymore because it's like at point in very important moments they yeah. make the game seem super easy, and then yeah. other times for stretches without during the game it's like, what the f are they doing? I mean, we we get that the defense is gonna. The other opposing defenses are going to adjust. You're not going to have drives like that every time. But when you have drives like that, the the first two opening drive, the first two drives, just like that, you know, and they stalled a little bit, but they still got points on the third drive. And then it was just uh, Keystone Cops. And I was well, part of it by design, because like you said, they moved away from the running game. It's like, dude, they had almost 120 yards rushing, and you hardly ran the ball at all. Yeah. <laughs> Why? They average the two running backs combined were nine point one yards a carry. You know, it's just that's working. Let's move away from it. Let's, yeah, let's and, and you know, it. people can say it's like, well, like part of that is just because uh, Walker, you know, had a had that one big run. It's like, yeah, and if he doesn't get the opportunity, he's not going to have another big run like that. Like, yeah. and, come and, on now. and I, I see that, but Charbonnet didn't have. Right. I mean, he averaged ten yards a carry, and those right. were legit. Yeah, yeah, he had two runs over twenty. And I think like, he should get the ball more, as we've said for weeks. Just you know, give. It just doesn't make any sense to have two excellent running back, and for whatever reason, for a guy who allegedly plays old school football, the game's fast and ball. All he knows how to do is run the ball. Pete sure as hell doesn't run the ball much. I now see. I, I'm I'm going to argue with you on that one. Remember <laughs> that one time, 2007, when he's coach of USC. Yeah, that one They time. run the ball way too much, and they barely beat Notre Dame. Okay? Just just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. The whole thing with, like— What are people they, looking at when they say all he wants to do is run? Dude, he needs to run more, and he rarely runs as yeah. much as he well, should. Well, and he lets—he even says in his postgame shows, like, oh, yeah, we should have run more. Because he's not in charge of the offense. Right. He lets the offensive coordinator— now, I think at times, as the head coach, you probably should be like, why are we not running the ball more? Or, exactly. hey, maybe we should give the ball to Marshawn here. But he, <laughs> he needs to step in and, and do that kind of stuff. But he that's not the kind of coach he is, because right. which I love. And we talked about that last podcast, is that one of the things we love about Pete, not only he lets the players be the players, but he lets the coaches be the coaches. Unfortunately, not, sometimes to a fault, but... He's not Josh McDaniels. <laughs> the unemployed Josh McKenzie. Like that took longer than until I Belichick hires him back. Yeah, and that's another coach who should be unemployed. But anyway, back to the Seahawks. Seahawks. You think that at some point, even if Pete doesn't say anything, and Pete should say something, it's like okay. But between games, at some point, you have to look at it and realize I've got two really good running backs. 
why did we give him 17 carries or whatever it was? But it happens far too often, and it should never happen. I get it if Eddie Lacy, I'd love to bring up Eddie Lacy because I thought he was going to be great for the Seahawks. <laughs> uh, you know, if that's the guy carrying the ball for you, well, yeah, we're going to throw more. I get it. But why, why, why when you had Chris Carson and a healthy Rashad Penny, both of them healthy, and he would, oh, let's throw the ball 40 times. It's like, what are you doing? Well, I, I can see situation. that was more Russ, you know, and or that's what we could say it was like, oh, Russell Wilson. But he just wanted to throw the ball more. But I, I agree with where you're going with this is the fact but that you're the coach, you're the head coach. Russ, as Russ found out, Russ was not the head coach or the GM or the owner of the Seahawks. Like at some time, at some point, you say, listen, this has really been working. We need to do it more and you need to make it happen. Yeah. You know, it's like and I, I love Pete Carroll just as much as you do. But I get really frustrated hearing that same thing over and over. Oh, we need to run the ball more. Dude, you're the one person who can make that happen. I really and, don't get why it doesn't happen more often. And if you're not getting those 40 yard runs all the time, it's like that doesn't mean not. give up on the exactly. on the run. Exactly. Yeah, there there have been games where Walker had like what fifty yards or forty three yards or something like that, and it's like because you gave up on the run too soon. Like, yeah, which they they tend to do. They did that in week one too. They they still yeah. would have lost the Rams just because right. they laid an egg, but they they right. gave up. Exactly. I mean, the second half was just we're Everybody just throwing was it shut down on that that game. I mean, that was just a nightmare. Like you said, that was but, nothing I mean, was going to change that game. But, but think about week one now, and it's like who they didn't have in that game. They didn't have Charbonnet, right? And they right. didn't have Witherspoon, and they didn't have Adams. And it's like now it's like, oh, okay. And, and, and they, they didn't, didn't have, have any business ball. really right, losing right. to a backup quarterback in Cleveland. And, in fact, they did not lose to Cleveland. Right. They won the game. Yep. Uh, they came back and when when they needed to, and it like was, I'm sorry, but I have to say that that was a really heady play by Jamal Adams. Okay, I got out of my system. I feel better. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there was there was one Browns receiver back there, and there were I think there actually were four. See, how, I'm just grateful that they weren't all you know fighting for the interception and colliding because you see that happen sometimes too. Not with all, yeah. but in, in in general, you'll see that. So that was and, a, and, a great in play. the very final Browns drive, which didn't last very long, obviously, but right. that's something that the Seahawks have done, too. When they know a team is, I mean, maybe yeah. most teams are this way, but not every team, but Seattle, when they know a team late in the game, when they have to pass, they get after them, and, and they yeah. don't give them any hope, and they didn't. Because if the Browns would have, they, they still would have had to score a touchdown, but if they get a big play on first or second down, yeah, they're giving them hope. And, and they and didn't. I'll, and I'll give Daryl Taylor credit, because I've Dogged him a, a few times on the podcast yeah, both and, and, in, and in print because not that he deserves it, but his play has done nothing to deserve any kind of praise because up until the past two games, he's been awful. You know, and, you know, someone someone on Facebook, were t- I was talking about that, you know, I wish they traded him before. And it turns out that before Noah's injury, they were trying to trade him, which as they should have. And the guy said, oh, I was like, OK, so. He mentioned nine and a half sacks. As I said, six or seven times a year, he's okay. So you had nine and a half sacks. Yeah, that's six or seven games. That's the point. Yeah. Like you can't have a guy who takes 10 games off. And I'm not saying it's effort, but as far as the actual performance goes, he takes 10 games off a season. You can't have that. Now, maybe he's turned the corner. God, I hope so, because 
he's a Tennessee guy, and he was phenomenal at Tennessee. And I don't know anything about him, but I have no reason to think he's anything other than a fantastic person. And he's a Seahawk, so it's not like I say, oh, yeah, I hope he has another terrible game. It's like, of course I hope he has a great game. Like, dude, rip off a sack and two tackles for a while. Which is what he's doing. He's streaky, and that's what he's doing right now. And But I hope it continues throughout the rest of the year. That'd be fantastic. Like, dude, he got his game together. That's what we've been waiting for. It's like, And and he should. Yeah, he's got the – obviously, he's got the talent to do it. Well, he's got the talent. Now they added Leonard Williams, who's going to – Draw yeah. more attention to the interior of the defensive line. You you mentioned we'll get into that in just a second. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned social media or whatever, Facebook. Um, I actually took a photo of a couple of different things <laughs> that really <laughs> aggravated. This week. Did you? I'm yeah, glad one, to talk about a post. Yeah. One was either your. I wrote a DK piece that did well, and then you wrote one that did well. I can't remember which one this went to, but um, I think it was. Must have been mine because I was talking more about the penalties, I think. Or maybe you. I don't know. Anyway, um, I won't mention this guy's name, entire name. It's Kyler, who I ended up having to ban because of something he commented to other people. Oh, nice. But he said. Oh, uh, dude can't even start for the Cardinals. He's talking smack. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's got nothing else to do. But he said, um, (laughs) we're the number one. It always annoys me. I, I, I know we're fans. I never use we. Yeah, I never, I'm not part of the team. I'm right. not good enough to be part of the team. Coaching, administration. I like uh, even sell hot dogs. Yeah, I, I, exa- that's probably true, too. I, I probably <laughs> couldn't get the job. I'm not good enough to be part of the team. So I am a fan of the team, right. of different teams. But I never say we because I'm not on the team. Anyway, yep. um, says we're number one. This is Kyler. We're the number one penalized team. You all can just point fingers at whoever. But DK is rated the best. Sorry, rated the best wide receiver. There's no punctuation. It's Joyce Hinn, by the way. Um, <laughs> of course not. You all just dumb. If you want to see him gone, not a true Seahawks fan. Oh Jesus! Um, you all actually just cry babies. How about we start trying to trade Geno so DK isn't getting mad. He isn't getting the ball when he's wide open. And I said, <laughs> wow. I mean, first of all, there's so much. I, 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 yeah. Well, I said, normally I don't respond, but this in this case, I was like, he made a glaring error there that I need to mm-hmm. say. A few. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, a few, but one major. Um, yes. uh, besides, well, so my response was, I appreciate your response, but two things. Please don't question other people's loyalty to the Seahawks simply because they have a different opinion than you do. Right. That's what really made me mad. Right. Also, not sure what you mean by D- Metcalf um, being rated the best wide receiver. Right. He's a good receiver, but by there who? are. Where? I, I, exactly. I said, but there are no metrics saying he is the best quote unquote receiver in the NFL. None. And he, he responded by saying, Meant to say he's one of the best rated wide receivers. Still not true in the NFL. And two sounds. That's what I I can. I'm just reading this verbatim. And two sounds like you're getting pretty upset. Did I sound like I was getting upset? It Uh, sounds like you're getting pretty upset that DK is holding the Seahawks with the must yards at the wide receiver position. You're absolutely clueless. Wow. What? Uh, first of all, <laughs> I didn't get upset. I was pointing out errors in what he said. 
I also said I appreciate his response. But yeah. I'm like, secondly, I I'm not what are you talking? What's that guy talking about? Like I said, I ended up having to to ban Kyrie for something he was saying that was well, he, he said something that Way he should have I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So, like something sexualized to oh, another. And I was just like, Okay, you're gone. Um but I was just like and then he later on, I, I responded to that, I think, or something. And then he said, oh, oh, no, he responded saying it's just social media. OK, so that's that's what really bugs me here. It's like you feel like you can say whatever you want to say right. on social media, whether it's factual or not, Trumper. Exactly. Um, and that, that you can. <laughs> that's OK. That's not OK. Saying exactly. it social media is right. not that okay. attitude that it that it it's, it's yes. somehow different. It's like, no, it's not different. It's an interaction with a person. If you wouldn't say it to someone's face, don't say it on social media. I tend to get kind of aggressive in social media sometimes because sometimes people say stupid things. I am more than happy to tell people they're saying stupid things in their face because sometimes they are and they need to be told that. But yeah, and well, what you're you're doing exactly what you should do on social media, which is not just saying oh, it's a stupid article. If you have a rebuttal, say it. Why right. you think it is? You know, yeah, not, and, and don't we just both say. Got, Plenty of criticism, probably me more than you, about it's like, okay, this is why this article is wrong. And it's like, and if there are actual, if it makes sense, it's like, yep. Oh, man, good point. Thank you. Yep. And I I will tell people, as we've talked about, I will tell people, I I agree with you, or that's a good point, or whatever. Right. If if you have a rebuttal to what I get, social media, if you're becoming a writer, don't look at the comments. There's just so (laughs) much hate. No kidding. I don't care if it's your article. If it's an article about guacas in Australia that somebody has an opinion about, someone is going to spew hate. That's social media, yeah. unfortunately. It may not be the most people, most of the people who do that, but it's some of the people who do that. One thing that bothers me, too, about social media is, like, I'm going to bring up a question you posted. What do you think about what Seattle gave up for Leonard Williams versus what the 49ers, 49ers <laughs> I know, I get that one guy. It was literally, legitimately just a question. And people were right. like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, and people, a lot of people are talking about it's like, oh, this is a much it's like, oh, we definitely needed Williams. He's much better. It's like, that's not the question. This is not the question. The question is, what do you think about the compensation the Seahawks gave up to get Williams compared to what the Niners gave up yeah. to get Young? That's it. Yeah. That's an entirely separate discussion. People read opinion discussion. into everything. That's right. the problem. It's like, right. There's no opinion to that question. And I, yeah. I put out questions. With no opinion, I'm not trying to lead. Now, I could it be written better by if somebody were to look at that and from uh, Gallup or something and say, "Oh, you should have worded it this way." Yeah, I'm sure I'm not the smartest, sharpest tool in the shed. I'm sure I could have worded things differently, but there's no in, in that question as well as a lot of other questions we post on Facebook mm-hmm. have no opinion. I'm just right. asking a question, or we're just asking a question. Well, we're being the team. Up course this guy brought up a good point and this was a good discussion basically the guy brought up points he's talking about because i had said that well you know overall i'm you know i'm glad i made the deal but they got the young a former second pick for a, a third round pick and we paid a second and a fifth for williams so maybe we'll get a fourth back but you know maybe. obviously a second has more value than a third and then he add in a fifth. It's like we gave up more to get Williams than they gave up to get Young. That's it. Yeah. Like it's not about was that a good deal. It was just about what do you think about what they gave up. That's it. 
And guys talk about is like, but Young hasn't been the same since his big injury. That's true. Williams has been double teamed. Yes, et cetera. And I said, the 91 percent is not correct. I saw somebody post that. Yeah. That's that's an incorrect stat. Yeah, there's no way he's been team double teamed. Aaron Donald doesn't get. No, but, you know, to the point is like, yeah, I get that. But, you know, I said, and someone else had said, oh, well, Young's on decline. It's like, so is Williams. It's like, it's like what? they're both have declined. It's like, that doesn't mean, and again, has nothing to do with the question to begin with. And then the guy says, oh, well, you know, that the, the Giants paid the majority of his contract. It's like, okay, well, did you know? Because I didn't. I looked. It's like, so we're paying. Ah, sorry, saying we are. We couldn't afford to pay Leonard Williams like to uh, for a sandwich, let alone his salary. But I Hawks gave him a Luna bar. He didn't decide to come. Twelfth men rising. So the Hawks are paying Leonard Williams seven hundred sixty-one thousand, I think, out of his millions and million-dollar contract, which is which is great. Giants are picking up all the rest of it. So this guy's point was like, oh, but you know, the Giants are paying most of his contract, so that's really good. Well, the Niners are paying five hundred and sixty-one thousand. Exactly. I, I love how people are making that argument on, and and there's a bunch of them like that. Like, oh, you know, the 49ers are having to pay. It's like, first of all, this guy's on his rookie deal, and it's also exactly. prorated for the rest of the year. Nobody, exactly. neither the Seahawks nor the 49ers, are paying crap, relative no. crap, for these the, players. The, the the third round pick they gave him, that's a compensation. That's a compensatory compensatory pick. Yep. Can't say it. So that's at the end of the round. So it's not even there. You know, it's like you. there's no way you can look at this and say, oh, yeah, haha, we got a huge deal. I'm not saying it was a bad deal. As I wrote, mm. this is a good deal for the Seahawks. The Niners got to made a better deal to they get did. it. That's it, there's no way around that. Does mm. that mean they made the right move? Maybe they did for them, but I'm much happier. They we got Williams yeah. and Young because Williams is a better fit for us. Like we yes. both said, Williams it, can play end. He can play tackle. He can play nose up yep. and down the line. He can play any of those positions. Chase Young if, cannot do that. If and Williams and, and Young both get one sack or they get 10 sacks the rest of the year. Right. Um, and just going by the raw numbers, the 49ers still got the better deal because exactly. they gave up less draft capital. <laughs> exactly. And, and the pay is equal. That's all it is. Yeah. That's but all, if that's, that's the question. Yeah. But it, and 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 I've seen like oh one of them's under contract neither of them is under contract this exactly. is straight up they're both theoretically gone from that's, the Seahawks and 49ers after this whole season. point I've written about it I know you've written about it it's like you know I'm not, a lot of this matters is like okay if this is for a rental not great to give up a second and a fifth for a rental unless yeah. of course it gets you a Super Bowl in which case hallelujah it's fine. But and that's the whole thing with the Niners is like the Niners, depending on what Young does, the risk, they're going to be paying a lot of money to keep him. I mean, I looked at spot track and I don't know. He's a younger player. He's exactly he's a younger player. They they had Williams value as like like maybe two million market value, two million less than Young. Like, I think Young's market value is going to be a hell of a lot more than that. He's five years younger. Why? Why would yeah. there be? You know, and similar performance, different position, but, you know, and unless Young bottoms out and kind of hope he does because Niners. But that's been, again, some... that's an entirely separate discussion. That's not what was posted. That's no, not and, what you asked. And, and, and right. And sometimes we post things to, to get an answer to the question. I don't really know where it's going to go after. Yeah. After that, I I don't have any. 
there's nothing and not a question I post like oh, I'm really hoping for this response or it goes in this because I don't really comment on the comments because yeah, I just want to see what people happens. say. Yeah. yeah. I, even though I know eventually it's going to turn into some hate because that's social media. <laughs> yeah. Um, which and, and I don't mean that to even joke. It's just a sad state of culture. Yeah, that's what's sure. going to happen. Uh, one of those, it turns into a, a more fleshed out like what has John Schneider done in, as far as trades. Have you noticed that one? Um, so this guy, Jeremy, is, yeah. re- is responding to a guy named Marcus, um, who says, <laughs> and Jeremy says, Clowney, the, these are all based on Schneider trades. Yeah. Clowney was a joke. Incorrect. Really? Brown was, yeah, <laughs> Brown was overrated and mediocre at best. <laughs> what? I'm, what? I'm not, I Did just copied watch? and pasted what the guy said. Okay, so Clowney was basically half of their pass, well, maybe a third of their pass rush and half of their tackles for a loss. I mean, yep. I know that's exactly. And, and, and he had the singular greatest game of any player I've ever seen who just had one sack when yeah. he literally dominated the line of scrimmage yep. against the 49ers and, and the Seahawks won to take the lead in the division at the time. And I had a discussion with a 49ers fan of a friend of mine at the time. And I was like, kind of half jokingly, I was like, yeah, sometimes it, it seemed like Clowney was just going one on 10 and with the quarterback going. And he was like, I agree. And Clowney was winning. Yeah, that's what Absolutely it was. Absolutely was. But, yeah, and, and and Dwayne Brown was only the best offensive lineman that year. Yeah, like, two Pro Bowls. He's he's mediocre <laughs> with the with the Seahawks. I uh, said so Wilson was a great trade. Then he says Dunlap, Carlos Dunlap, is a prime example of trading for someone in final year of his contract here for part of a season and gone the next. Dunlap what? played out another season with Seattle. First of all. <laughs> Then it says exactly, then he says exactly what this trade will be for, for Leonard Williams, which Leonard is spelled Leonard. Um, Diggs and Averill are decent trades. Yeah, Quandre Diggs, he's been decent. That's decent, yeah. Um, Adams, misspelled, can't stay healthy, gave up too much, misspelled, um, for what he has given us on the field. Mm. Harvin was horrific. <laughs> and then my final, the best part of it is, Charlie Whitehurst was a disaster. Well, God, it's Charlie freaking Whitehurst. Jesus. Well, I know he, he probably just wanted to be like, I'm going to go back all the way to the beginning. Let's be like, Charlie. Charlie Whitehurst tips the scales. Yeah, yes. they need to they need to fire John Schneider. Clipboard Jesus. Um, oh, Lord. Clipboard um, just needs to look up occasionally from his clipboard and watch the games. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, and and one more I wanted to bring up, and this one this one just because it pissed me off. And again, it was the DK oh. part. <laughs> it, nice. The DK. Now any I think any article that you or I have written recently about or probably ever about DK Metcalf, we all state the same thing. We both state the same thing, which is we hate him. <laughs> this guy's not a bad dude. He's yes, off the Literally, field. Every article, dude. right? Um. But this guy named Corey says, unbelievable how a couple of fines turned DK into. Uh, oh, let me. I guess I should read it as it's written. Unbelievable how a couple fines turns DK is a thug. Obviously, uh, you have never. Yeah, that's what pissed me off. Obviously, you have never played sports. It's called trash talking. Sometimes it goes beyond trying to get in someone's head, and penalty happens. D, again, there's no punctuation. DK is a great player and great team yes. player. 
And I said, <laughs> Corey, the word thug is not used or implied in the article. It is an ugly word. You seem to imply the article says Metcalf is a bad person, and that would be both incorrect and unfair. And then he responds, maybe he's the guy that says social media thinks I was wrong. He responds by saying, LOL, I'm replying that due to a couple fines, there are people instigating that DK should be traded. And I think that's it's completely unfair that someone start instigating BS and excuse me, it's called social media. Now, again, that's what pissed me off. Right. (laughs) It's you can't say you can't Todd, you can't go on Facebook and say, I really like this movie. Um, Denzel Washington was just okay in it. And then somebody else saying, why are you being so racist? Why do you hate black people? And you're being like, I literally didn't say anything like that. And then they're saying, exactly. that's just social media. Exactly. Like, no. It's, it's a conversation. Fuck you. It's not social media. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's a conversation. It doesn't matter where it takes place. It's a conversation. If you represent yourself as an idiot, that's a lot of projection there saying that because someone mentions that TK had a couple of fines and it's way more than a couple. That's the whole point. Yeah, but but and especially just don't say I'm calling anybody a exactly. thug, which I exactly. literally have never done. And no I'm specifically not saying thug. that about DK Metcalf, who's, who I, we, as we both do, constantly say, a guy seems to be a good dude. He seems like he would be your friend. In interviews, it's like the guy comes across effervescent. He loses yeah. his head at times on the court. Heck, good right. in the tennis a little bit. Andy Murray seems like the coolest guy in tennis. He yeah. loses his head on the court. Right. He shouldn't do that. He exactly. probably knows he shouldn't do that. DK Metcalf, I wonder if he, because just based on the whole board conversation, oh, it's just yeah. a board. Well, KJ Wright heard that. I don't know if you heard KJ's KJ just was dumbfounded, first of all, that because they played the, the part about DK saying it's just a board and KJ was like, basically, this guy needs to be set down, like yes. off a game. As we and then he was said like, multiple times. And he was like, also, I would tell, he didn't, he didn't say specifically, I would tell people, meaning DK, that Pete Carroll, he said, uh, Wright said, can be quote unquote cold blooded. Like you can press this guy to a point, but at some point, he is the guy in charge and he knows it. And yeah. he oh, will yeah. put you in your place. Well, as you wrote the article, and I... Again, DK is not a thug. Sorry not to interrupt you. I don't mean to imply no, no. that DK Metcalf is a thug. Christ. D- DK Metcalf is... It might be the best... Per- well, okay, he's not going to be the best person on the Hawks because that's probably Tyler Lockett. But yeah. he could well be saint. the second best person uh, on the Seahawks, including Pete. I was like, I've never seen anything that says... He's not an excellent human being. The issue with DK is, as I wrote, you know, you talked about, did they wonder if, wonder if they sat him for that Cardinals game because, you know, he's fighting injuries and blah, blah, blah. But he looked really, it could be that he looked pissed off because he wasn't able to play. Could be he was pissed off because he wasn't playing. Yeah. And, and one thing, you know, when Bobo had the touchdown in that game and it's like, oh, Bobo, who's that? Touchdown. I don't know, some 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 thug, I guess. Uh, 
So when he had the touchdown and he came over, they said, hey, <laughs> Jake Bobo is- should say, hey, look at the cameras after he scores a touchdown and be like, I'm a thug. And be like, okay. <laughs> uh, he called himself a thug. Go sit down, Jake. Go sit down. <laughs> so, and, he, and they asked him what DK said to him. And he said, nice. And he said, congratulations. Like, that doesn't seem overly effusive. And that doesn't seem like the thing that DK would normally say exactly. or act because you've seen how he acts for other play. And I'm not saying we saw how he reacted after the, he exactly. made the block again and, exactly. and Jackson Smith and Jigba scored the touchdown. And you see him do that like on virtually every touchdown that anybody scores yep. except, except during that game. And again, I'm not saying well, it was because it was Bobo. I'm saying because he looked <laughs> pissed the whole time. And again, we all, we all know that DK Metcalf really just doesn't like thugs. Percy Thompson. I mean, for whatever. <laughs> no, but and, and, you know, it's like and, and the thing, oh, well, he, he, you know, it's just trash talking like like I put up and. OK, so who who in Seahawks history can you think of as being hard? Like hard. the guy named Angry Doug, perhaps. Oh, hard. I thought I, I wasn't sure if you meant like on the field or in, in the locker room or whatever, because I was thinking Lynch? either of those. Steve, are either of those are either of those guys easygoing on the field? Marshawn Lynch. Doug freaking Baldwin. How many times did they get penalized in their freaking career? Exactly. Twice. Well, and, and the difference is they're. They never allowed themselves to get baited into a penalty. Exactly. DK has done this 13 times so far. And I'm I'm throwing in the other, you know, like face mask, other stuff that you're in control of. 13 times. Two guys who are, I don't think anybody would doubt the credentials of Doug Baldwin or Marshawn Lynch as far as standing up for their team, standing up. Both thugs. Total thugs. And they hardly ever got penalized for that. Because they let their play do the talking, and for I some reason, I don't remember reason, them ever getting penalized. I mean, I'm sure they did, but I just don't remember. Did, it, but DK, I had a, it stands out. Yeah, exactly. I had to comb through like literally every day penalty in the database for the Seahawks for both those guys' careers. That's it. And he's been penalized. I don't remember what the stats were because I'm not feeling mathy right now. But it was like 30 times more than those two combined. And he's barely started his freaking career yeah like you cannot say he's only been fine twice it's like that's incredibly factually stupid and no one except that person who wrote that used the word thug it's stupid play it's it's immature play he needs to get past that that's why i really hope they did sit him down for the cardinals game because we've been asking he's like pete like, oh, we had a good conversation. We had a good conversation. Oh, and Pete's never going to be like, yeah, that's what we did. Of course he exactly. wouldn't. No coach, no coach unless you don't care, like Belichick or, or Sean Payton. Yeah, or exactly. Josh McDaniels would They're not say, out publicly. Yeah. A, a player, a, a coach who cares about their team is never, as you just said, publicly going to say, we disciplined this player and this is how we did it. No, because Pete's definitely, he's the antithesis, antithesis, and, seriously, he's the antifa. <laughs> Of, of that kind of thing. How did D, how did DK play against the Browns? I think he was like five of thirteen targets or something. Five of fourteen, and I feel like five eight of those were not his fault. Oh no, not at all. And that's the point. Did he lose his cool? Nope. nope. He kept his head in the game through a. He might have lost his cool if they caught a hole on on that <laughs> Jackson Smith and Jig, but I wouldn't have blamed him. Exactly, and a 
brilliant play by his one. As soon as he saw that Njigba was going to make it past him, he released the he released the block. The guy Njigba hadn't passed him yet, literally, and he let the block go because he knew Njigba was, was gonna get just, past him. He was equal, which means he was leading. Basically, perfect, right? perfect Bolt kind of thing. Play. Perfect timing on that play. Like that is the play of a guy who has his head. It was a Jake Bobo like block. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not even joking. Well, Bobo yeah. is a beast when it comes to blocking. Bobo is ridiculous. You know, Jake Bobo is the 14th best graded wide receiver yeah. in the NFL. Which is so crazy. far through 23. And and for some reason, his run block grade is like low. It's like, okay. But his run, pass block. But the great thing about Bobo and, and DK, when, when he's given the opportunity to actually catch passes that he yeah. can catch. That he can get to, yeah. Is they both try to do the most they possibly can do. Okay. They don't just catch. Now, Tyler's different. Tyler goes down a lot after he catches the ball because he knows I'm a smaller guy. I probably should go down and play another down. Yeah, Tyler's not the size of those other dudes. Exactly. Yeah, Bobo's 6'4", and Metcalf's, what, 6'3", six, six, but I mean, Metcalf's a thicker guy, but Bobo's not small. But both those guys know that after they catch the ball, they can probably run a, a, a bit more, Yeah, which I get. But as opposed to some other receivers on other teams, they don't just, okay, I'm going to catch it and get tackled. They both they both strive to do as much as they possibly can on a certain Absolutely. play. And that's the player, but it's also the culture of the team. Oh, so, sure. yeah. So I, going back to the thug thing, DK Metcalf is not a thug. I would never say that. And the reason is the culture of the team wouldn't allow that. I know. That's a fact. He would be uh, put in his place quite quickly if that were yeah. the case. And that's why I was so glad with, to see that block because DK was 100% had his head in that game all the way through. God knows he was frustrated because, you know, like you said, of, of the targets that he missed, how many were actually catchable? Maybe two? I don't even know how he got 14, to be honest. I know I, one like near the end zone yeah. was thrown like 20 yards over his head. Um, and there were other the, the interception, which it's, it, it, it's like the Bobo uh, targeted yeah. interception. It's like, oh, the right. receiver could have done. There's nothing they could have done. I no. mean, Metcalf is like the guy's coming up from his behind on his left as Metcalf's about to go out of bounds. What's he going to do? If anything, it's interference on Metcalf. The guy jumped but, the route. That's all there is to it. Yeah. That was, I mean, it's like Geno Smith it, locked it, eyes it, on Metcalf exactly through the pass. Say. As you wrote, he he locked in on Metcalf too soon, and that was the issue. It wasn't it wasn't DK at all. There's nothing he could have done. I mean, it was just that's how it happens, and it happens sometimes. Yeah, and the but, Bobo the Bobo play the week before was like right? I'm not really sure what you expect Bobo to do. I know Carol's like, oh, you know, we we try to teach them he could have done this or this, but yeah. bottom line is we I know Gino's the veteran, Bobo's the rookie, and you got to kind of stand up for your quarterback. But at the same time, it's like you know what. There's nothing Bobo could have done. It was a horrible pass. That's going to happen, as you said. But, yeah, DK, DK uh, yes, he was very thug-like in that game as he played a perfect block to uh, help the team win the game. So, yeah, this whole this whole concept was like, oh, let me take what you said and completely flip it and turn it into something it's not. It's like, in the first place, you're stupid if you do that. And it doesn't matter if it's just social media, LL. LOL. Yeah, right. Social media, you can say what you want. You're just showing yourself to it's be like, a complete jackass. Wait, is this true social? Sorry. 
Uh, it's Facebook. That's <laughs> the wrong site. And I, for one, if you're being an idiot, I'm going to call you out for it. So. Yeah. So and and you can't. You can and I can. And now I'm not smart enough to figure out how to get my name changed from Twelfthman Rising when it's on the Facebook and to yeah, that's leave the, out. That's the thing, because right, because you don't want to, because you can't comment as, as the, the site. site. Yeah. But I get to, even though I'm a writer for the site, I get and to. You should. You should. And I'm because that's you know, you're. Because we're not paid, we're not the Seattle Times, right? right. We're not the Tribune News. We are uh, uh, an opinionated site, 12thmanrising.com. That's what we do. We have opinionated articles That's and then the some point, that yeah. are like recaps and stuff, which we have to do. But if somebody's like complaint, I mean, we have a duty to like say, oh, you know what? You're, I'll be honest, if, if I didn't do this, these three sites for like what I do for a living, I would never use social media. It's toxic. It's full yeah. of hate. I would never use it. Um, which is one reason, like, if you ever check my personal site or page on Facebook, it's I, I don't post very much because it's like, first of all, I don't have time. Secondly, right, it's it's a waste. I, I talk to the people I want to. I talk to you. I talk yes. to my friend Sam. I talk to people who I would talk to normally if I didn't. And maybe that's our. Maybe that's my age. I don't want to speak for you. Maybe that's I'm. You know, we're of we're of the eras where it's like there was no cell phones. There were no cell phones. So you, you know, picked up a phone. You did a rotary dial. Hey, is this person here? Oh, no, they're not. Okay. Well, I guess I won't talk to them until they call me back. You know, but the the times have changed. But that doesn't mean that I want to click on some social media tool where it's like 80% of the stuff I get is full of hate from people sitting behind a keyboard talking about whatever they want. That doesn't make it right. That makes us worse human beings. Yep. Uh, agreed. And and again, to, to reiterate, as we said when we started our duo rant, not dual, but duo, anyway. <laughs> yeah, if you point out something that's incorrect or you have an opinion that differs from ours and you have some actual basis for it other than you just want to throw out stupid words like thug which were never introduced it's like or just simply stupid article this is a dumb <laughs> article okay uh, you could you could even say something like lee i totally disagree with you and this is which why is you could even exactly. say this is why i think you're an idiot and list exactly. all the reasons and i'd be like i, right. I appreciate your opinion Thank you. Yeah, in some cases, I would say, oh, my God, you're right. I didn't think of that. 100%. You know? Oh, my but, gosh, but yeah. When when people <laughs> – we used to complain about people not reading the articles. We got to the point where now we complain about complain about people not reading the headline <laughs> correctly. It is like, oh, my God. I, actually, there was one article. <laughs> one article I actually had to delete from 12th Man Rising over the last oh, month. Sweet. And all it was was a news article that said the cell of the team, S-E-L-L. Uh, and people kept saying, oh, so you, you need a, an editor. You need, it's S-A-L-E. It's like, well, yes, it can be if it's a noun. If you read the article, S-E-L-L fits here because it's the verb. It's just like, fuck it. Just like I'm taking it down. <laughs> like, Good God. Is this really what we're talking about? Um, so mo- moving on that, very quickly. from thugs, yes. Yeah, I, I, was, I was thuggish about the whole thing. Um, real quickly, uh, the Raiders fired Joshie Boyer McDaniels, which I was happy to see because John Clayton, who was extremely likable, most people yeah. liked him, 
And he seemed to dislike very few people except for whatever went on with Josh McDaniels. Him, anything that negative happens to McDaniels, I'm all for and him getting fired. Although the Raiders, the, the Raiders are a weird team, right? Like historically speaking yeah. with the Seahawks, like it's a rivalry, but this, it really hasn't been important no. for decades now because they're in different conferences. Right. And also, as far as the Davises, they've hired women, they've hired minorities. So yeah. there's things to like about the organization, but they have zero clue how to handle hiring a head coach or GM. Clearly. It's just really weird. So I kind of, in a way, wish they would do well. In another way, I wish they wouldn't. It's really, really strange. Um, I de- definitely don't dislike them. In the, in the 70s and 80s, I hated the Raiders. Like, probably even more than the Cowboys at the time. Um, yeah, I but, hated the Raiders for many years. But, you know, the thing is, it's, it's hard to hate something that's irrelevant. That's, and that's and maybe that's done. part of it. Maybe that's part of it as well. Um also, I wanted to so uh, Novak Djokovic. I wanted to throw this, and we talked about this pre-pro. We the vaccine thing, we both disagree with and dislike, and I wish Djokovic handled I, it a I different did. way. Yeah, exactly. A um, <laughs> couple of things. He, uh, if he, before I get into the positive thing, he has a very good chance of because of Carlos Alcaraz losing yesterday. Um, Alcaraz would basically need to win the ATP finals comes up in just a couple weeks. He would need to get all those points and bypass Djokovic, meaning he'd have to beat Djokovic probably along the way to be the year at number one to overtake Djokovic for the current number one ranking. Um, But assuming Djokovic holds on to it, which seems likely he will by the time this sounds ridiculous, but by the time the Australian open rolls around in late January, Djokovic will have been combined number one for 400 over 400 weeks. Do you know how many more weeks he would have the ranking uh, at that point or a little bit into February compared to the Roger Federer, who's the second best ever? And this goes back. These rankings go back. I'm going to guess early 70s. I'm going to guess. 250. Well, I mean, it's 400 weeks. I mean, Federer had it for 300 and something weeks. Oh, did, okay. was like 300. I mean, I was thinking he, that someone had pushed through in Federer. Okay, anyway, obviously. No, Federer is a solid number two, but 100, 100 more weeks, a 25% good. higher. He's also, if he wins the the Paris Masters, uh, which is happening right now, which is, you know, he has definitely, it's Novak Djokovic, you could win it. He will have, um, there's nine different. ATB 1000 masters, which means they get a thousand points for the winner. There's nine of those. They've been around for decades. Yeah. One, only one person, Djokovic has won all nine masters. Mm. Um, he's won each of them at least twice. That's crazy. Um, just, just, I and mean, there's so many crazy. Well, you get right things. down to it. I mean, obviously when thugs play, thugs dominate. That's right. When thugs dominate. So speaking of thugs, I'm not going to try to pronounce this guy's name, but there was a recent article that came out. Novak, Novak has had a tennis academy or tennis center, really, in um, in Serbia for 15 years now. And there was a recent article that came out about one of the 20, 21-year-old player who kind of came up through the center. And he was asked about – and he said, I have not paid a bill in three years because Novak pays for everything. And he wow. said, that's happened 
dozens of times for dozens of players over the last 15 years. He wants them to succeed, he said, as far as tennis players. But if they don't, he also wants to set them up to be able to be financially okay if they don't succeed. And and if you're an asshole, you don't do that. No. For sure. That's incredible. Yeah. So just just throwing that out there because it is it's conflicting. I know we both feel the same way about the vaccine thing. Aaron Rodgers is not doing the same things that Novak Djokovic is doing, right? Aaron yeah. Rodgers seems like a self-serving jerk. Novak Djokovic is not. Exactly. Um, and we both just disagree with their vaccine statuses. And um, and Djokovic didn't walk into a, a room of about like 60 other people week right. after week after week. Yeah. Either. It's just you and your team as a tennis player, basically. Mm-hmm. So we have our Rob Gordons and I have tricked Todd into something here. So Todd, <laughs> do you want to uh, say what our... Or more importantly, what your Rob Gordons are this week? <laughs> well, my Rob Gordons were going to be five guilty pleasure movies, but I have a feeling it's actually oh, no. something they like still are. five best tequilas. No, anyway, no forget five. They are still. Yes. 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 The only yes. thing is. <laughs> yes. you have. Well, let's start with this. Do you have any honorable mentions? I do not have any honorable mentions. Okay. There can be thousands, literally, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I started to do it and then i thought you know what i got a slightly different idea so of course (laughs) you have like five movies right i have five movies yes okay so instead of me coming up with my own list this this isn't going to be something like gross and personal isn't it uh no shouldn't be unless it fits weird um (laughs) so instead of coming up with my own five movies i came up with weird five That's Five questions said. and how the movie that you have listed will fit. <laughs> okay. So for your number five movie. I'm, I'm slightly uh, prepared for this. Okay. So for my number five movie. Hold on. Hold on. I have to ask the question before each one. Okay. Okay. So my, the, oh, for your number five. I see what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Not, your number Ask five. Me. I'm not prepared. The question is what film epitomizes your relationship with your mother? All right, then. Uh, that would be, well, this is really morbid and gross, but that would be The Lost Skeleton of Cadavra. <laughs> so let's kind of open this would be. Um, <laughs> because, but then because, you have to flesh out why you like the movie. Because, because she's passed away. Um, she has passed away, sadly, but you have yeah, to say sadly, why you like the movie. I like the movie. I, okay, so this is, uh, several of these are intentionally bad films, right? And this is a send-up of... Well, it's a guilty pleasure, yeah. yeah it's like listening are. to ABBA. I don't like ABBA. Or I actually I have a guilty pleasure as far as music. I like Air Supply. They kind of <laughs> suck, but I still like listening to them. I can't believe that's hilarious. Anyway, so Lost Skeleton of a Cadaver is a send up of all those not even B level movies, but like C movies from the fifties, the really schlocky science fiction movies. And uh, the the lead character is the villain, and he is the Lost Skeleton of Cadaver. He's this animated skeleton that walks around and dances with on wires that you can see because yeah for cheap but my favorite line from it is that he'll he's mind controlled people to do to bend to his will and then when he gets tired he says i sleep now and they just (laughs) so schwarzenegger does the voice or (laughs) Werner herzog um (laughs) so this is way off subject but did you halloween was yesterday yes um did you watch any horror films I've watched a few horror films in the lead up to, but I 
didn't watch anything yesterday. But I saw uh, The Exorcist Believer at the theaters a couple weeks ago, and it's the more I think about it, the more atrocious that film is. See, I saw The Exorcist Believer, which had just some. I wish I'd seen that instead. And I hate Justin. <laughs> okay, I don't hate Justin Bieber, even though he's a thug. But uh, <laughs> he's a thug. <laughs> he's a thug. I would have rather have seen the Bieber in an extra. Actually, that'd be pretty funny uh, in, in that film. Leave it, the Bieber. Yeah, this is just <laughs> it's just such a bad, bad, bad retread. And it's like, oh, we're paying homage. It's like, no, you're not. You're just stealing the ideas and not doing a good job with them. Really, really bad. Anyway, we watched The Witch, which I hadn't seen last Ooh. week. Have you seen that? Looks like the Witch with the typography. Yeah, How, you Anna Taylor. Joy. Yeah, Anna Taylor Joy. What did you think? What did you think? What did you think? It was great. I wasn't really sure. I, I like those kind of horror. It's horror, I guess. But I like those kind of horror films um, yeah. because it's not like I don't like slasher films because it's like okay, no. well, there's more blood, more slasher. All right. I, I want to have thinking about what's going to happen and thinking during yeah. the film is much more scary yes. than like, oh, OK, you're going to show me somebody getting yeah, killed. It's a really good film. It's in it's in the suspenseful, just this the sense of dread just builds and builds and builds. And it, it's, yeah. it's a really, really good film. Yeah. And the goat. Yeah. And then Jeremy Irons is at the end. Um, <laughs> so your number four film, the question is recently married. Their early relationship was cemented by you two watching this film together. <laughs> that could be that could be uh, a couple of these. I'll go with. Well, you have to go with number four. Whatever order you have, that's what they have. Ah, okay. Well, in that case, that that works out because it, it is oh. it is kung kung pao. Enter the fist. <laughs> oh. Okay. And that's what that's what's the there. Family show. So I'm number sorry. three. Sorry. <laughs> that's what's there. Kung Pao into the fist. Yeah. Now <laughs> this is <laughs> And I'm assuming you meant towards you. Right? Yeah, that's... towards me, mm. yes. Yes. And it didn't enter. Let me make this clear as a family show. Uh, it entered the room. I'll put it that way. Uh, so Kung Pao uh, again, this is a deliberately horrible movie it's a parody of about a proctologist i'm assuming kung fu movies if if you've ever seen kung fu hustle or heard of kung fu hustle kung fu hustle is kind of the same kind of thing but it's it's brilliantly done even siskel and ebert loved this show that's how old kung fu hustle is i don't think they knew about kung pao enter the fist uh it's it's one of the odin kirks so you can guess what's going on from there it's it's intentionally overdubbed but I mean, it's all original, but it's overdubbed in the style of the way a lot of 70s kung fu movies were here in the States, where the voices don't match and they say really horrible things. It's it's absolutely hilarious. It's 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 stupid as hell. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the hero, he's, you know, he's the chosen one. He finds out he's the chosen one because his his secret power is he has another another like person on his tongue. Who gives him extra strength, and that and and that character <laughs> is Tungy. He calls him Tungy. 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 Is, is this person in his tongue? Ooh, this is getting worse for that yeah. question that I asked. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's not why though. It's just this very silly film. Oh, Sony, I'm sorry. And so we number, both love Kung Pao. <laughs> number. 
Oh, but well, but that's lots of chicken because you know she would have it with shrimp. Tastes like chicken, but um. So number three for me is, or number question number three is, you're a sports fan. What film best correlates to your love of sports? Hmm. And well, it's number three that you have. I know it's going to have to be number three. And this actually, this actually fits well. Uh, I don't know what the other two are going to be like, but this is Crank Two High Voltage. Oh man, I don't remember if I've seen Crank. That's with uh, Jason Statham, right? Jason Statham, yeah. So Crank is is absolutely absurd because the the premise is that he's a he's <laughs> you a had me at Jason Statham. It's, it's yeah. absurd, entertainingly and, absurd. Oh, super entertaining. So in Crank, in the original one, he's been injected with a with a poison, with a toxin, and he has sixty minutes to recover the antidote or he'll die. Okay, so he has, and 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 it constantly slows his heart. And he has to uh, continue. He has to get his adrenaline up. He has to get his heart rate up. So he does all sorts of outlandish things. Like at one point, I think that's the movie where he takes a pair of jumper cables and puts them on his nipples. Yeah. Uh, so, but but crank. That's the two, first crank. That's the first crank. Crank two. It doesn't double down. It quadruples <laughs> down because he he is falling from a plane without a parachute, and he lands, and his heart has been removed <laughs> and yet he has like he has like a pump in his heart and he and again he has to track down the villains to get his heart back <laughs> oh and the stunts are even more over the top it's it's so it's it sounds ridiculous it is ridiculous but at least you know that going into the film yeah, exactly and jason Statham, of course because he's playing and that's why it works because he plays it straight if he had just played it for laughs yeah. it wouldn't work but he plays it as if well as if hamlet had a ton more action scenes but he plays it straight so it works it's i mean he doesn't yeah. his heart is gone and he I'm falls at- out of a plane and lands but he lives well, I mean, that did happen in World War II, right? Where the guy fell out of and hit the every grains and yeah, and lived it and actually has happened on occasion. So it's like but um, <laughs> that's and and that's a key point. I know that like on Smartless, they they talk a lot about, especially with uh, with um, uh, Will Arnett and and Jason yeah. Bateman. Um, and when they do, it, it's like you you have to play it if you wink. Yeah, that takes all the humor away. Right, you well, can't like, wink family member loves that their favorite Christmas movie is a Muppet Christmas Carol. And, and the reason that works is because Michael that Caine, kid gets hit in the band and his face and he starts heading the other kid. That's the one <laughs> you see. I, I, you noticed that part, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. It's like, well, what does that have to do with it? It's like this kid, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> <laughs> but Michael, Michael Caine plays it straight and that's why it works anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do feel like he starts giving in a little bit too early, though. I, I feel like that with Scrooge, you have to kind of keep holding and holding and holding, and then you get the payoff with him being, yeah, you know. But I feel like Kane like in, in Scrooge, that. like in Scrooge with Bill Murray. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like even a Christmas Carol with George C. Scott. He he keeps holding on. Ah, my favorite, my favorite version of the movie of the tale. Yeah, mine too, actually. Uh, so number two, your film, uh, most of your family loves the University of Michigan. What film <laughs> What film screams Wolverines to you? And if this is Red Dawn, it's perfect. Unfortunately, it's not Red Dawn. That would be that would be perfect. 
but that would have to be Plan 9 from Outer Space, which I think <laughs> I think is what they used to get the signals from other teams. I have a feeling yeah, that's what yeah, John yeah. Harbaugh used that yeah. directly. Um, so Plan 9 from Outer Space, you know, one of the that's going to be on most people's list of if if they get it. Um, oh man, sorry uh, to interrupt you. Help me that. help me remember what's the Johnny Depp film where uh, they are. Edward, yes, thank you. Where he plays, where he plays, of course, Edward, and it's like that's a really, really great film. Yeah, um, it's actually bad, but it's good. But it's, that's with, the point, right? With with Martin Landau playing uh, yeah. Bella Lugosi, and Martin Landau won uh, Best Supporting yeah. Actor. Yep. Even though, anyway, so Plan Nine from Outer Space is is probably was one of the worst of those B C movies, schlocky fifties science fiction things where you know, and they're walking in, and they actually. They have the same set over and over and over, and they just hang curtains over it to make it look like it's an airplane and just <laughs> absolutely hideous. I mean, they hired Bella Lugosi to <laughs> not to play. He was playing. He was playing a chiropractor, but for some reason he was wearing his Dracula gear, and he passed away during production. So then they hired just actually got the reverse. He was just some grieving widower. And then, but then they hired a chiropractor. I think it was Edwards chiropractor to fill in for him, even though he was like six inches taller. And he just <laughs> held he just held the cape over his face for the rest of the scenes, so you wouldn't know it wasn't Bella Lugosi. Was that really David Lynch film? I, I think that um, yeah. the at some point, Plan Nine from Outer Space has to. We have to stop talking about it when almost a, most of a century later, we're still talking about the film. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is. It's 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 hard to believe, but yeah, it's almost eighty, yeah. no, almost seventy years old, which is insane. Uh, so the the last film that you have, uh, let's see, uh, we have done a podcast for most of thirteen <laughs> or fourteen years now. That's perfect. What film describes your experience doing the podcast with me? This actually is perfect. It's <laughs> it's it's now this. I'm not talking about Room with Brie Larson. I'm talking about the room. <laughs> and, well, it does make sense. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm Johnny or if you are. I think we're both kind of Johnny. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe we shouldn't. Maybe that would make the podcast better. You know? Why? By the way, if 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 people were to put uh, an AI thing of Allison Brie and Brie Larson and called it Allison Brie Larson together. It seems like a thing that should happen. That should happen. Alice and Brie Larson. That'd be so good. And why are they both named Cheese? I don't get that. Well, one one can't help it, and the other one could. Or their parents could, I guess. Sure, sure. Well, they can always get their name changed. Have you seen Lessons in, with Chemistry yet? I have not. I've heard it's quite good. It's good, but she's so th- she's so thin. And I don't know if she lost weight. She needs to more the- cheese. She does. No, I mean she's just so thin. I, I, Brie Larson is an attractive person, right? But um, but she's not. She's not like Margot Robbie, right? I mean she's. Right. And, and I, I don't mean that negatively. I mean like Margot Robbie was born. She's gorgeous. just built. She's just built differently. Yeah, but Brie Larson is attra- like a normal human being, attractive, right? Yes. But right. but she seems to have lost a lot of weight for the role for some reason. It's mm. I don't know if it's intentional. I've, I've actually googled it and I'm being she like, she didn't have a lot of weight to lose either. 
Well, yeah, and now she's she's very thin. And it's like, again, I don't know if it's because of the role or if something, or if as a person. Because if a person she lost that weight, and I was like, mm, I'm kind of worried about her. Because um, she's not, she's not always, she's never been big, right? But she's, right. any year she had, good for her. But um, but if she was a little bit bigger than she is in that in that role, um, and she looks, this this is I don't know uh, you know modern modern times we like we've gone through st- stages of of how erroneously we should think oh women are attractive if they look this way right and, and honestly if you're an attractive male or an active it really has nothing to do with how you how you look physically right right um but females went from oh you had a little bit bigger to oh we got twiggy to mm-hmm. now you know whatever um, which is sad, a sad state of how we view beauty, I guess, overall. That said, she being specifically, I feel like she she needs to be a little bit bigger. And with her losing all the weight, it, it's scary for me, I guess. I don't know. I'm hoping she did it for the role instead of there's another issue going on. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah. Whereas Allison Brie is just super hot and gorgeous. Maybe, so. maybe, maybe she cut. <laughs> Maybe she cut back from her training for the Marvels. For the well, Marvel see, role. that's the thing I looked at too. I was like, is she that thin in the trailers that I've seen? And no. but that's different because she's not all. She's there's a little bit of CGI there, right? So it's hard to tell. But I've again, I've Googled it, and I'm like, did she lose weight intentionally? But I can't find anything. Now the the actor that's in the that's her partner for the most part during the especially the first episodes he's also thin so i'm thinking maybe it's Mm. just like for that the we know that these these chemists are not eating as much as they should so therefore they're thinner i'm hoping that's just part of the role but if if she really has lost weight personally um because she wanted to that concerns me because we've seen that's not good yeah yeah that's not good for sure. Yeah, hopefully it was just for the role. And, uh, you know, and I, I mean, we laud, at least I do like a lot of actors who like, Oh, they lost 50 pounds for this role. Oh, they put on 50 pounds. Or I kind of wish is like, please, please stop doing that. It's like, so. Well, that's one dangerous. of the things I'll, yeah. we, we talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago. It's one of the things I love about Jack Black is that he's just <laughs> who he is. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and one of the things I love about School of Rock is he has that discussion with that with that young lady who's not as thin as some of the other ones, and she he's just like, you can be sexy and beautiful just how you are. And I love that part of the film because that's exactly how it is. It's like it doesn't really matter if you're now if you're if you're overweight to the point you're unhealthy, or if you're underweight to the point you're unhealthy, that's a problem. But that has nothing right, to do with beauty. Different. That's health. Exactly. That's completely different. Completely different situation. Yeah. Exactamente. So anyway, that's our show. But the point of the show really was that DK Metcalf, dude, you're getting a little bit too fat. I'm just sorry. Why are you the worst? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.